0: Hey, Stephen, welcome to the Teen Whisperer Show. And guys, you're listening to a podcast for podcasters. So this is a guy who actually, I don't know, I really loved looking at the website because most of the times I really love enjoying talking and working with people that something's relevant to me. I mean, like I'm a podcaster who has been helping podcasts in the microcontent creation and everything, but this is in a podcast about me. So Stephen, please introduce yourself and your podcast and also the work that you have been doing so far. Yeah, absolutely. So uh,
1: my name's is Steven Indrasano. Uh I am a podcast launch consultant slash sound designer slash composer. Uh, I have degrees from University of Vermont. I have dual majors in psychology and theater. Um, so I worked in theater for about two years before COVID hit, a lot of that being live sound work. Um, and that experience i was able to kind of carry over into podcasting and the thing about theater is that it's a very very collaborative art form so you're working with teams of like two dozen people on a small project and podcasting tends to be a lot more of a lone wolf kind of deal where you have like a large team is gonna be i don't know eight people if you're indie you know if if you're like an audio drama you'll have a larger cast but for things like interview shows, like if you're lucky you have you uh, someone who handles your scheduling someone who handles your social media so what i try to bring to the table is the communication and the collaboration and the artistic side
0: uh, that i think is really missing from a lot of the conversation around podcasting well wow. So like, what exactly did you do in your, you know, theatrical experience? Like, were you the guy who taught acting? I guess uh, probably it's not like one of the things. I mean, like, uh, yeah.
1: It's funny because um, my my program uh, was under the liberal arts model. So we had to do a little bit of everything. So I've taken courses in costume design. I've taken multiple acting courses. I took a course in digital media for theater. So everything from live sound design on digital workstations to working with projections and projection design. Um, I took several lighting design classes. That's a direction I thought I would go in for a long time. Um, So, you know, university-wise, I was doing a little bit of everything. And then when I graduated, uh, you know, I, I like acting a lot, but I hate auditioning auditioning (laughs) is the most soul crushing you gotta put yourself out there and it's so much work to prepare for something that you may or may not get um so i really didn't i I wasn't looking to act professionally uh so what i would do excuse me most of is the backstage work around uh, getting people in and out of microphones and mixing shows so What's cool about that for theater as opposed to mixing for podcasting or film is that there is no post-production. You have to get it right on the first try and you have to be on top of your actors who may or may not flub a line or skip a line or whatever. Um, so knowing who's going to talk when, where sound effects are going to happen and being ready to apply them you know, on the spot, all of that stuff is where I come from um, and also in terms of like how the theatrical design uh, the theatrical design process is really important to me in terms of looking at what is the story how do you work to service it so for this show for example um, we're two people having a conversation we don't need a lot of sound effects we don't need a lot of music we don't need a lot other than two voices having a conversation. And that is a design process, right? Thinking about what is going to be in service of the media is the foundation of design. Everything else is just technique, right? So that is kind of my background outside, like, you know, academically. Now, outside of that, I've been listening to podcasts since probably 2006, 2008, somewhere in there. Um, I got really, really into them because I'm a huge horror nerd, right? So my hobby podcast is called The Stephen King Boo Club, and it's me and a close friend of mine, and we're just going through all of Stephen King's best selling novels and reviewing them, um, which is fun. It's like a fun comedy, whatever we're not doing it for high quality we're doing it to make some some stuff that we like and i the first stephen king book i read i was in like middle school so when i discovered that you could get free horror stories online through podcasts it was like 24 hours right you know i've i've just always been someone who's either listening to music or an audiobook or a podcast um, and it's just, the medium has given me so much in terms of like escapes when I need them information, when I'm looking for it, uh, that it, it was just such a natural fit to, to work in the medium. I, I consume it constantly. Right.
0: So I, I imagine you feel much the same way. Yeah. Yeah. But the one point that I actually have contradicting is that as a podcaster myself, I don't listen to much of podcasts. I don't know why is that interesting. Yeah. uh, Probably one of the reason is because um, I'm more of an active listener. So even uh, I may think that, you know, I have like a hard, long ride to my college. So I always think that, okay, I can listen to a podcast for, you know, 20 minutes or 40 minutes. But trust me, it's like the brain doesn't just fit. I, obviously, I sleep all the time. So most of the times when I'm on the bus. So it just, you know, doesn't work. But sometimes I jog uh, in the morning. So that's when I listen. Actually, one podcast that I listen just four to five episodes, I guess. It's like how to start a startup. That's the podcast. Mm. And uh, it really helped me to, you know, boost my you know business and all the stuff. It really helped me. So I little know the how the impact can be actually like, you know, even if you're listening while jogging, even as a passive listening, I know actually how the impact can be. So yeah, I can completely resonate with that, and you know, I also wanted to say you can be a really great actor for a romantic comedy movies because I love those sort of genre, and you can you you have the face for it. Trust me, you have the face for it. So in oh case in future, oh the fl-
1: the flattery, <laughs> oh my, no, gosh. it's true.
0: So if in, in case in the future, if you ever get an you know opportunity for that, please do it. Okay, please put the you know uh, sad, for, sad or whatever. For <laughs> you, for
1: you, you know, I wouldn't have otherwise, but I'll I'll remember. I'll be like, oh, I was on that Teen Whisperer <laughs> show, and he said that I I had to so. Yeah, <laughs> now, I, I totally agree in terms of. I think that I come at podcasting mostly from a fiction side, right? I really love fiction and writing as a craft and, and performing as a craft. But I also am someone who, uh, sorry, just one moment. We can get that in post. That's fine. I am also someone who, um, likes, to be learning constantly. I'm not alone in that. Lots and lots of people like, love to learn, which is why people would listen to a podcast like this. And I think that podcasting is a really powerful medium for it exactly for that reason, right? Is that in times where you might otherwise be zoning out or stressing about your day or like thinking about what you might have for dinner or whatever, like those, those things are important. But if you can use that time to better yourself, why not? I love that. You know, that's, that's
0: a very powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, just coming, jumping on the aspects of, you know, sound design and everything and stuff. And I actually saw your testimonials where, you know, your clients gave you like, you know, you're, you're doing a super awesome job. So most of the times I saw the podcast covers actually some, some one where business podcast, I guess, and one where something fictional, something horror, I guess, probably I didn't, I entirely catch that, but what do you think is an important attribute for like, you know, horror and thing? Because for business, which you mentioned, obviously you don't need a lot of sound effects or anything. You just need to, you know, hear the expert talk. They don't want some whoosh and mush hereby and here coming and all. They don't right. want that. So if it's a horror podcast, it's really hard to make because I've had, I've had a conversation with someone who actually did just for eight to 10 minutes of the recording. He did around own San House of Post-Production. It was like too much deep dive into it. He, he did that. So what are their main attributes when it comes to the sound and you know music and all this stuff? That, when it comes to the horror or true crime, etc., sort of the podcast?
1: So what it comes down to is tension, horror, and true crime and thrillers. And actually, comedy is in the same vein. It's the other side of the coin. All of that comes down to tension and release. Uh, and so when you're looking at sound design for horror, you don't actually need as much as you might think. Things can be helpful. Right. But so, for example, um, Knife Point Horror is one of the, the earliest and greatest horror podcasts. It's still going. It's still one of the best out there. And the entire point of that show is one person, one voice, no design, no mid-roll, no theme song, just campfire style horror. And it, to give you an example, right, let's say I'm, I'm doing a horror podcast. And I have a moment where someone's alone in their apartment and they see someone behind them in a mirror. Spooky. There shouldn't be anyone there. So you, there are two ways you can go about this, right? You can say, and John saw the person in the mirror and they turned around and they screamed. And that's whatever, that's fine. But if you say, John saw a figure or what appeared to be a figure in the mirror, for just a moment. And between the time when he saw the figure and when he just just decided to turn, there was a perfect stillness in the air because he knew that if he had to take his eyes off the figure in the mirror, there might be movement. And so John had to decide, do I turn or do I stay? And in that perfect stillness was a sound. bow when you hit them with something, right? Like it's all about it's all about pulling pulling moments like like taffy, right. And you can do some of that with sound design, but you can also just do it with writing and voice. So I would say the most important thing for, Anyone looking to get into fiction podcasting is like yes the sound elements are important but don't get bogged down in them right because when it comes to fiction the most important thing is always going to be writing and performance because it's the story that impacts people it's not the the fluff it's not the music it's not whatever and you know we know this because Many, many movies come out every year that are immaculately designed, beautiful costumes, perfect scoring, whatever, but they're entirely forgettable. And that always comes down to whether or not the story hits. So I think my, my first thing as like a launch consultant, right, is always what's the story you're trying to tell? What are your goals with a project? Like if, if you want to create something that is polished, that's great. Like, you can work towards that. But it, it can't be just beauty for the sake of beauty unless that is your goal, right? If your goal is to create, like, tone poems or soundscapes, there's, you know, there's space for that. But you have to know that's what you're going for. So long, long answer short, I would say people who want to do high-end horror or high-end sci-fi or whatever, the number one thing you have to be paying attention to is does this service the tension, the story, the character arc, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, one, one curious question I want to ask is that, so you mentioned, like, you know, like behind the mirror, you know, describing everything. So that's a podcast. Let's say, for example, there are, like, two characters, men and a woman is there. But the host is a man. He doesn't have a co-host, which is a woman. So when the woman's voice is coming, should it be like, hey, should it be changed like that? Or like, you know, normal man voice should be mentioned so that, you know, just, I don't know, people actually know the difference. Like, let's say, Emily said this and this and this and that. Obviously, they can say that. But what are your thoughts? Do you think that entire way of changing voices voice is required? Or is it just, you know,
1: go with the flow? I think... And this is when you get into performance notes, right? Because if you listen to enough audiobooks, you'll start to get a sense for what one voice can do uh, with characters. And actually this is one of the pitfalls you can fall into is being way too literal with your sound design. So if you, if you only have one host and they need to play a variety of parts and one of those parts is of a different gender or of a different age or whatever, it can be really tempting to say like, John said, hello. And Sally said, hi, but that doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound good. It's a lot. Often the best answer is to just make them like tonally different somehow, Uh, like the texture of it. So John said, hello. And Sally said, hi, you know, these small things, the imagination can take over. And if you do too much work for the imagination, you risk getting it wrong. So, the same thing goes for your sound design, right? You could be tempted to go into your sound design, whatever your, your digital audio workspace is, whether it's Audacity or Pro Tools or whatever, and you could say, oh, they're supposed to be a different gender. Typically that gender has a higher tone. I'm just gonna boost the pitch up so it's it sounds higher, but it's just more steps to the same problem, right? Like. Unless what you're doing to the audio, like, you have to be honest with yourself. That's what's hard about it, is that you have to be honest with what does and doesn't sound good. If you work for ages on, like, the perfect, like, monster sound effect, and then you give it two days and you listen to it and it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Like, it doesn't actually... There's no guarantee. So simpler, in my opinion, is often better. Uh, And we're not creating in a vacuum, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. So if you have a problem that you come across, and this is my advice to the listeners who might be looking at creating their own fiction podcast or or just podcasts in general, um, do your research, right? Listen to the things that have done it well on your constraints, right? On your budget. Don't watch the Pirates of the Caribbean series if you're using your iPhone to record a pirate series, right? Like be aware of your limitations and dig into those because you can be really successful on a low budget or on a low cast or whatever. You, you just have to know that that's what you're going into it with.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, when you mentioned like, you know, when you're having the one host, it's like many people are really afraid to start with just the one host. Reason mm-hmm. being, you can run out of content. You can run out of creativity. The creative block would obviously come. If it's a guest show, obviously, like you ask the questions, the guest answers. Could just you know create tons of content out of it. To the marketing <laughs> right. stuff. You
1: just you just let them go. <laughs> yeah, you, they they can run off, and you just sit there, and you're fine.
0: Yeah, it's like that. But you know, to be honest, like one of the reasons why I was really afraid to start a one man show is because I really don't do new, like you know what to start or mm-hmm. like, to talk and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So in one of your stuff that you actually do for the people that, you know, to work for, you do like how to launch, you know, the launch assistance yes. you do and all of that stuff. So my yes. question is uh, about the pre-launch exactly, because this is something that I always get intrigued because I never did a pre-launch. I started a podcast because I was heartbroken. Some college demands didn't go well. I just want to, right. yep. you know, talk you to just, people. <laughs> you took off.
1: That's, and that's yeah. a completely <laughs> legit way of doing it, right? Like, I don't want to step on any toes here. Um, if you started a podcast without any pre-planning, That's fine. Like there are plenty of podcasts that are excellent that do that. But you tend to see a real increase in quality in the first season for those kinds of shows because people are figuring things out that they wouldn't have had to figure out in front of an audience if they had preplanned. So for example, Uh, If you start recording and you don't know that your guest needs to have headphones on, so you get this like crazy echo, that's the kind of thing that if you had had, like done just a little bit of research as an interview show, you probably would have found that advice relatively quickly. So that's the benefit, excuse me. That's the benefit of pre-planning in terms of what my process is, what I guide my clients through. It's kind of a mix of really high-minded, like, what's your mission statement? What are your goals? You know, those kinds of artistic pursuits versus the very specific on the ground. Do you want to have a social media presence? If you do, what social media platforms are you good at? Once you've created that, what is your login information? Keep it in one place, you know? Do you have your own email for this? You should really consider doing that. Those kinds of of on the ground nitty gritty things that you kind of only discover as you need them if you don't pre-plan. So for example, if you start a podcast just with your personal email and it's not a podcast that's about you. So let's say it's a fiction podcast and you're just like writing some short stories. Someone wants to email you about how much they like your podcast. But you don't want them to have your personal email because you know, that's your personal email. That's a very specific boundary that a lot of people want to keep in that moment. You're like, Oh no, what do I do? Whereas if you adjust, it takes no time whatsoever to make that kind of, uh, adjustment or that kind of, um, preparation. If you, if you know to expect it. So what I have and what I've made for myself, uh, you know i'm in the process of working on projects for myself and for other people right now so i have this living breathing document that's just all of the things that i wish i had known the first time i launched a podcast and in it's a a form basically so what i do is I, i take this form i send it to my clients and i have them give it a rough first pass so like what's the title of your podcast? Who is going to be working on it? Is it just you? Is it you and two friends? Um, Do you know what it's going to be about? Do you not know what it's going to be about? Do you know where you would like to host it? How much do you know about microphones? Uh, So they'll give it a first pass. And it's a lot of those kinds of really basic things. And then I jump on a call with them for about an hour, hour and a half. And we just work through it step-by-step. Because what I find is that everyone comes at podcasting with a different skill set so for example before i started podcasting i had no clue like what social media could mean as like a marketing tool in fact i had no marketing background whatsoever i still struggle with marketing but because i podcast i had to learn those things and because other people need me to know those things as a launch consultant like i now know those things um so it's all that kind of thing where people will have questions that wouldn't have occurred to me, but we can in that moment work through them together. Um, and then I have I have a checklist at the very end. This is my, my signature checklist, which is the bare bones of could you tomorrow start a podcast? And for most people, the answer is yes. It won't be a super polished podcast. It won't be uh, a podcast that has listenership pretty much at all right um you're lucky in the first couple of weeks if you get like five downloads total because the the market is fairly saturated and a lot of people going into it have some sort of background in advertising which if you don't you know people aren't going to find your podcast organically within the first week it's just not going to happen so The checklist is basically, do you have a way to record? Do you have a way to clean up your recording if you want to? Do you have a place to put that recording where it can be seen by other people? Do you have a plan to keep doing that next week? That's the four things you need. A lot of people want more than that, right? A lot lot of people want to create a podcast that is also somewhat popular or also pertains to a certain goal or they know will last at least this long and those are more complicated questions but at the bare basics if you own a phone with a microphone and internet access somehow you can make a podcast it's not going to sound like NPR but you'll be getting stuff out there and I think that that's important for people to remember because you get very bogged down very quickly by being the best, right? I'm going to be the best interview podcast. I don't know, man, probably not because a lot of people have been doing this for a long time, right? You're not going to be on episode three and be as good as someone who is on episode 300. It's just not going to happen because it's practice. And the unfortunate truth is that the vast majority of podcasts fizzle out by episode seven, 50% of all podcasts that get made. Don't make it to episode seven. So if you've made seven episodes of a podcast, you have successfully outpaced 50% of all other podcasts that have existed. That's immense. That's a huge, like, achievement. And people don't know it as an achievement or they don't pay attention to it. And the the big goal for me when I launch people is that they launch excited and confident because that's going to carry them through the part of the process which is forming the habit of podcasting, the practice of podcasting. It's not just one episode. It's one episode every two weeks or one week or one month, potentially forever. Like, and that's a very different thing. So yeah, that's, that's the basics of why I do it and what I do when I do it.
0: Yeah. And you know, you really actually bring up a great point there when you mentioned that, you know, people just do three episodes or four episodes and they want to be the best interviewer or best, you know, podcaster out there. I mean, like I have, I've actually just crossed hundred episodes right now, so oh, when congratulations! I, yeah.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, that's I, what's up. Yeah, it's been it's been like you know like on and off. There was a few months that I had to take off in the middle, but then mm-hmm. when the lockdown hit. I kind of had to you know properly get onto the show and everything and stuff. So. Even now, even now after 100 episodes, like, there will be some time when, you know, you just can't do it seemed right. So, right now, even though I had a really good day, I mean, like, it's not entirely bad, it was a good day, fine. So, obviously, I'm having a really good conversation with you. If someone is having, like, you know, so hectic day, or something and they just want to come at the end of the day, do a podcast recording it may not sound perfect. It may not sound like right. the host is like in the right mind or the guest mm-hmm. may get sound like, I mean, like, what is up with this guy? I mean, like, he's not his right mind. So, again, you know, <laughs> guests can easily find out because they must have already been in tons of shows or they would have talked to a lot of podcasters, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, so It's like a student teacher, right? Like, the teacher can easily find out whether you're lying or not. So, obviously, that's the thing. And uh, that's a really great point, I guess. When people ask me, like, you know, the first thing that, when when you're talking to an intermediate podcaster, the first thing they will ask is like, "How can I earn money? When can I earn money?" Yeah, the first. Thing. That's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> and like I said, uh, for me personally, like I would say, if you're in this for just for the money sake of money, uh, please don't do it, uh, because you yep. can save I'm your in, time. I'm in the
1: same boat. Yeah, I'm in the same boat because you know, if your only goal is to make money, there are more efficient ways to make money than podcasting. the The truth of the matter is, is that podcasting can make you money it certainly has made some people a lot of money but it's a lot more like independent publishing for uh books than it is like independent publishing for say movies or really anything else um because there's always a chance that you win the lottery because you're the best at what you do and you get profoundly lucky but it's a lot more likely that you don't. And if you really want to make make money in your spare time, this this is not that. What you need is a part time job, and this is not a guaranteed part time job. It's just not. I mean, you know, I, I so the 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 podcast that I host has been going for a little over two and a half years. Um, we are we're at like forty seven thousand downloads or something like that. Uh, We're going to hit 50,000 by the end of this year, which is kind of one of the benchmarks that advertisers look at. And we're excited about that, but we don't plan on doing anything with it because that's not why we started this. And it's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because, you know, it's it's a literary analysis comedy podcast. That's not a thing there's a lot of, and it's not something that a lot of people want to listen to. It's very, very niche. I mean, the the Venn diagram between Stephen King superfans and people who actively seek out literary criticism is already fairly slim, right? He's a popular novelist, and that's great. We love that. Our whole shtick is that we take that seriously. Um, But we also know that that's not a marketable thing, right? Or if there is a market for it, it's not the direction we want to go in we just want to keep making something that doesn't exist and that we enjoy and the, so there's a and this is the psychology background right there's this thing called intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation
0: hmm. yeah. how much do
1: you know about this
0: uh, i actually studied in my first semester but i probably forgot about it because i haven't got so for <laughs>
1: okay. so yeah. for the listener The short and narrow of it is intrinsic motivation has to do with things that you find pleasurable or good behaviors that you want to repeat for a reason that is internal. So for example, wanting to go on runs because afterwards you feel accomplished, that's intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is anything coming from the environment. So food, water, money. Money is one of the biggest intrinsic motivators that we have in the world. Um, And there have been multiple studies that have demonstrated that if you take something that's intrinsically motivating, right? So for example, uh, playing sports, if you're someone who's really, really good at basketball. So you say, I like basketball because I'm good at it. I enjoy how it feels. I enjoy the camaraderie, whatever. That's an intrinsic motivator. And then someone approaches you and says, hey, you're great at basketball. I'm going to pay you a lot of money to keep doing it. You'll say, great. And for a while, it will be great. But what happens is extrinsic motivators kind of swallow up intrinsic motivators. So after a bit, the money will become the sole motivator. You will no longer be motivated by the fact that you like it. And in fact, you may find that you like it less which is really unfortunate and kind of terrifying right because we do so much in our in our world and in our lives for money that you know holding on to why you care about a project is the most important thing and that's why when I do launch stuff I start with what are your missions what are your goals what what do you love about this project because that intrinsic stuff is a much more powerful motivator but it's also fragile right it's it's easy to lose sight of it if you start to make a lot of money, which you're not going to make a lot of money. But if you start to make like a bit of money, the nightmare scenario is that you start making enough money that it drains your intrinsic motivation, but not enough money that you like could just stop doing everything else, right? Like you don't want to kill your passion for money that you could make doing a part-time job. You just don't want to do that. Like there are only so many things that we're passionate about. Why would you sacrifice that for, you know, the chance at, at what is essentially an incredibly inefficient job. So that's, that's my feeling on, on that. I think we're in broad agreement.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We you know, because, you know, I can really, really listen with this because when I was starting out, I was doing the video editing and all this stuff just for $5. It's like, too much work for five dollars. And I really enjoyed doing that. I just really loved, you know, like learning and the fact and everything. But when I started to get more money, I was like, you know, even though the work was less, when I started to get more money, I'm like, I started to hate it. I don't know why. Is that I mean, like, even though the money stuff is about to come, like, you know, I knew I know that you know, I have sent the invoice, it will come, but still, it's like. Come on, man! Do I have to do yeah. this? So it's like that yeah. sort of That's stuff. That's classic. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of stuff is happening. I guess you're you're really blessed because you know as a psycho, like you're having psychology background, so obviously you can just intrigue all the people, podcasters' minds and you know tune them <laughs> right into like find out what are the things that they exactly need to do because. Uh, i guess that's where i kind of uh a lot of you know fail a lot of times i mean, like i need learning of course but when people ask me like you know uh, how to start one i mean like because sometimes you need to pay someone else to get all this information Mm -hmm. but for intermediate podcasts like me they can just simply ask like you know basic questions and all this stuff and when i tell them most of them don't start away obviously the reasons are you know they not get motivated and all this stuff so i guess um I, can, I need to learn from you, like, you know, how to pinpoint the exact st- my brain cells so that they can but just, you do, know, stir I mean, it up. The,
1: the I thing, mean, the thing you have to do is ask, right? Like, that's the secret is that is that most people don't think to ask. Like, why are you, can you in a sentence say why you're doing what you're doing, right? So for my hobby podcast, uh, it's really two main reasons. One, I like spending time with my friend and I like doing creative things with him. You know, we met in college. We met for artistic reasons. We both, this is funny, we both met playing the tuba in the marching band, which is like a very dorky way to meet someone. But, you know, making music together is a powerful thing. So we wanted to keep making art together when we were going to be now in different states, right? So that's reason one. Reason two we think that literary analysis and like the ability to read things deeply is very, very important. And there isn't a lot of popular, fun media about that. Literary analysis, most people think, is very boring, which is not true. It's very interesting and fun to get to know something you like even better. So those are the two reasons. And anytime that we start to have a drag, we start to slow down, I remind myself, I get to talk to my best friend every day. I get to make something with my best friend. And how many people can say that, you know? So if instead my motivation was money, everything turns around. Because if you're having like a weird day and you're not sure if your new video or podcast or whatever is going to be good enough to make you a bunch of money, you now know don't have motivation to do it. There's no reason for you to do it if you're not going to make money. So the, the key really is to be honest with yourself and with your clients. If you work with clients, it, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords in, in uh, business. There's a lot of like, how do we get boost the synergy to do whatever? Like all of it boils down to there's a need, there's a want, there's a service. Hopefully everyone comes out the other side better for it. That's the ideal. Is that both the person paying you and you come out better for it and i find that's true for me right is that my clients tend to be quite happy thank god you know i'm doing something right um and i really learn a lot from them from their questions from their concerns and the way that they approach their projects um so for example uh you know i I worked with unfortunately this podcast ended around when COVID did. When COVID happened, a lot of people's budgets got a lot tighter, as you might imagine. Uh, So they're on hiatus right now. I think they'll probably come back to it, but we'll see. Um, They were small business owners. They owned a gym. uh, And they were using the podcast as a way of talking about fitness, as a way of bringing in clients or whatever. And because they were business owners, they were very focused on efficiency. How do I find 10 minutes to record something interesting while I have a spare moment? And how can I repurpose what I was already doing? And that's not how my brain works. So with them, when they asked me those questions, I was able to draw on everything else I knew about podcasting. But I had to have that moment where I was like, huh, how do you do that? And I, I think that's amazing. That's my, like one of my favorite parts about working in podcasting is that you have so many different types of people with so many different types of uh, mentality and goals. And like, I think it's really cool to explore that. It's like one of my favorite things.
0: So I just wanna ask like two couple of things before uh, the entire podcast closing is that, so it's like you said, sure. you said midday actually, uh, like around like 12 p.m. or what's exactly is the time?
1: Yep, just just about 12, 15 p.m. over here.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's a great guess for me. <laughs>
1: very, very different time zones.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who was actually the last person that you made smile yesterday? So I live in a
1: studio apartment with my girlfriend right now. It is one room, it's the two of us, and we don't really get to see other people because, again, COVID. Um, and we try really hard and mostly succeed at trying to make each other's day better. Um, and so we just make a lot of dumb jokes. And we we spend a lot of time like, taking chores off the other person's list. So like I did the dishes yesterday. It was not my turn to do the dishes, but she's in grad school. She has a lot of homework and not having to do those made her smile. Um, and I know that's a very mundane kind of thing, but those those small acts matter and they matter everywhere. You know, they, they matter to your clients if you're a business person asking how someone's doing. You started this uh, before we were like in the program with just, hey, how are you doing? And that's a really, uh, it's touching, right? To be asked, actually, how are you doing? Not like, hey, how's it going? We're going to jump in. Like, no, man, how how are you doing? Uh, it's, you know, so that that's my answer, uh, which makes sense because I can only see like two people right now and one of them's in the room with me all the time. So her. <laughs>
0: that's good you know i whenever if i ever started a relationship podcast i definitely have you as the first guy so you guys you oh, actually gave <laughs> me a <in> night. <mind>. yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's true i mean like not many people actually do all the things that which you mentioned because the di- divorce rates like it kind of exceeded during covid lot tons of divorce actually yeah. happened during the covid period yeah i mean like people are fighting sitting their throats you know in india trust me there were like tons of problems that arise because you know like for a man, it's not really easy to just stick at home. Uh, unless you are a work at home, you know, guy or whatever it is. It's not easy that you just stick on home, just with the people. You just, we are like, man is by nature is a hunter. You know, they say like we just have to go out and just have to do all the things, you know? So yeah, I guess probably, I guess if the ne- next lockdown comes, I'm going to go crazy, but I'm preparing <laughs> myself mentally for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, culturally, like, you know, everyone works here and everyone goes out and leaves the house or whatever. And, you know, it was a huge thing for my girlfriend to be stuck at home all the time because she, you know, she had this commute, she had her own office, like, and now she's stuck in her house 24 seven. And it's just much, it's a much smaller world. And I think everyone is dealing with a lot more stress, a lot more uh, close confines. And unfortunately, when you don't have the communication skills, that stress bleeds through. And, you know, I'm I'm blessed to be in a relationship with someone who is a very good communicator. And I've put a lot of work into my communication. Um, but it makes perfect sense to me that if I were this stressed and I didn't have the ability to talk to my partner in a way that is open and honest, but also respectful, uh, we would not be doing so hot. I would not be here anymore. Like so it's so hard to to deal with the amount of stress that we're all dealing with and still be kind and respectful to people because we become more selfish when we're stressed. It's it's one of the things that happens. It's a survival tactic that unfortunately makes it a lot harder to survive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. It's like you just want either the world to work according to you or, you know, mm-hmm. unless otherwise the brain startups kind of spin. It's Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to have control.
1: And we don't have a lot of control right now. So be be gentle with yourselves, listeners. Dear listener, take a moment and just be like, just breathe, to, you know, yeah. to take a few deep breaths. It's going to be, we're going to get through it.
0: Wow, I guess this, this podcast we can get because we just learn a lot of mantras, like, you know, life right. and <laughs> all of podcasting as well. So probably the enlightenment for people, I guess that's really how love our psychology people, you know, because they have this way of saying things like in a way which really attracts people. And, you know, makes you think like, oh, my God, I got this. And like, I've been savored by, you know, God, I guess probably that sort of feeling yeah. you can definitely get when you talk to people like this. But yeah, thanks so much, Devin. That's, it, it. really means a lot. So just one final question before closing is that, mm-hmm. so what would you give as the best tip in the whole world, according to you, uh, to a fellow podcaster in order to grow? But one disclosure is that this shouldn't be on the internet. It should be the exclusive Steve tip. It's like that. Got it. Uh,
1: <laughs> in terms of an existing podcast that wants to grow more or in terms of starting a podcast that you want to then grow?
0: Let's say existing it's different, advice. Yeah, it's yeah. different advice. It's different advice. Let's say existing in this case. Yeah.
1: All right. If you have an existing podcast and so first of all, this is a two-parter. First of all, know your niche. Know who is listening to your podcast and why. Because step two, you're going to want to make relationships with other podcasts in your niche. Those people are not your competitors, they are your closest allies. So, for example, if you run, say, we'll say a relationship podcast, right? That's a a recent example. And you know that there is something that your podcast is doing that another podcast is close to but not doing. The promo swap is everything. So, if you don't know what that is, make a 30-second long audio clip of here's my show Here's a good clip from it. Here's what we do. Here's how you can listen to us. Ask around in your niche if they would be interested in basically trading promos. So you on your podcast feed at the beginning of your episode, you have someone who you might right now be thinking of as a competitor. Do not think of them as a competitor. They are your closest ally because you are both working to expand your niche within podcasting, right? If you have one successful relationship podcast that makes it big, people are going to run out of that podcast and they're going to want more. And you are more. That's you, right? So get a promo, see if you can promo swap because people who already listen to, say, relationship podcasts want to listen to more relationship podcasts, people who listen to comedy want to listen to more comedy. You already know that that's something they do. That is your most efficient avenue for growth,
0: in my opinion. Wow, well, I guess yeah. I, I actually, you know, so, saw this promo swap in something called Audrey.io. This is this mm. platform which, you know, help you find guests and, you know, appear on shows. There was a promo swap. So I actually never tried it. So I guess I'll create one. Uh, probably I just need yeah. to try and see how would everything goes. So then I'll definitely text you like how it went. That's
1: yeah. Let know. me know. Right. Keep keep track. Well, and the thing is that it's like anything in advertising and marketing, or whatever. Like, if you do it once and you do it inconsistently, you're not likely to see a lot of returns. But if someone listens to say, we'll keep going with the same metaphor, you're a relationship podcaster if someone listens to one relationship podcast where you've done one promo swap and they hear about you once, they're not going to remember you. If they then go to their second favorite relationship podcast and they hear the same promo and they think,
0: wow,
1: you know, this, this dude's like really connected. I should check them out. It takes multiple exposures, usually. And uh, it takes persistence, right? But uh, there's hold on, give me just one second. I need to look up. There's a very specific tool for this that is absolutely fascinating. I'm gonna give you the um, URL here, dear dear listener. Uh, in just a moment, here's a homebrew version of what I was gonna say. So, if you go on Apple Podcasts, or if you go on Spotify, or if you go on any podcast app that has a related shows tab go to the related shows for your show go to the related shows for the shows that you really like within your niche so if you do fiction podcasts and you love how say old gods of Appalachia they're really big right now if you love what they're doing you might not be able to get a promo swap with them because they're huge but if you go to their page on Apple Podcasts on Stitcher, whatever. And you look at the related shows, those shows are a really solid target. Even if you're not super acquainted with them yet, listen to a few episodes, see if they're a good fit. But that's going to be, all of these things are interconnected because the way that those algorithms work is that those podcatchers are looking at literally, what do people who listen to this also listen to? So that's going to be the most efficient way that you can find that information
0: wow that's totally awesome I'll definitely uh, you know just try it out and let you know because you know it's really an interesting one because I guess I don't know how I, I don't actually know a lot of people in this entire uh you know niche but because some people like you know Buzzsprout and Anchor mm-hmm. they're like you know like, wow major like you know top-notch people they're actually doing so but yeah I'll definitely try to find some people and I'll take you yeah. know, I, I guess probably totally. people can find a lot of horror and you know fiction they, 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 those are like you know like Dunson, and all are days. They're, there, big. So They're big right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's having a big moment. Yeah, so obviously they well, the, find the, them. Mm-hmm.
1: The best advice that I have for you specifically, mm-hmm. um, and you can have this one for your charge, uh, <laughs> is what are the shows that inspire you? Right, what are the shows that make you want to make a better podcast? So, like, I do listen to a fair number of podcasts about podcasting. Um, you know, School Podcasting with Dave Jackson. That's like. That's your heavy hitter, right? That's like, at least to hear stateside, I don't know if it's different in different markets. Like, that's like your top of the line. He's been doing this forever. Uh, and so if you go to his page and you see what related to his stuff is, that's where you can start to sort it through.
0: So, very, very great. So, I guess definitely I think the charging part I may have left out <laughs> in the year when it may have gotten out, probably. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I'll make it up to you for this probably, you know, in many cases, but yeah, but Stephen, uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's really an awesome conversation and we have talked about a lot of things. So if in case people want to find you and your, you know, services, mm-hmm. your packages anywhere, please let us know. Yeah. We'll be happy to hear it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's my most social link at Indrasano Audio. I'll spell that out for you because it's an Italian last name and I know how that can be. It's I-N-D as in David, R I S A n as in nancy o at twitter.com or whatever Uh, and then my website is the same deal so it's www.indrasanoaudio.com you can see uh, my portfolio is on there some of my services etc that's always under construction as i find new and better ways to show off what i'm doing Uh, and my gmail here's a branding thing is also in Drisano audio at gmail.com. So if you want to hit me up, any of those ways are are good for me. And, you know, even if you just have like a quick question or two, I really love podcasting and I want podcasts to be better. So if you if you interact with me somewhere online, feel free to ask questions or whatever. I'm I, I'm not stingy with my time.
0: Oh, that's definitely great. And uh, guys, I will definitely leave everything in the description below so you can go and check him out. And uh, yeah, in case if you have any questions, please feel free, feel free to ask him. I mean, like he definitely replies. <laughs> I mean, like he replied to my text. So he replied to my comments. So obviously he will reply to you. So no worries on that. Uh, so Stephen, uh, any questions that you have for me, like tables turned right now, anything at all you have for me? Yeah. I mean, why do you do what, this, what you do? What was your motivation coming into this? so this is the one and thing i can say it in
1: one sentence if you can't say, then you need to think harder about it you know no. that's what's hard
0: yeah i mean i can say in one sentence but it's really uh not appropriate like how to say it's not like something relevant to what i'm doing right now
1: that's okay that's yeah. all right you know because these things change so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what if it's changed over time why do you do it now
0: so basically like when i was starting out i didn't have a lot of people i can ask questions to like you know how to do it and what to do it and uh, i only had people who are like top and you know who are really starting out these are two stages that i had but right. i want to make myself positioned in an intermediate level so that i can ask questions to both the above people you know who are like really high level you know performing that other than me and also to help those people who are actually uh just starting out doing everything and stuff so that's what i why i'm doing actually everything right now that's one of the reasons why i don't like show like you know like fancy everything and stuff i just want to make sure that it's really simple and effective so that it's easy to communicate with that's one of the reasons why i have it and why i started like why i started like back then is because i was heartbroken i mean like you know i was on my Mm. first you know college life it didn't work out so i just want to you know start a podcast and talk to people i started as a business mode but at the end of the mm. podcast, I always ask, like, if in case there's an uh, option coming in between, whether it's your spouse or a partner or a girlfriend uh, versus your business, what would you choose? I was asking this question to know, like, to find Wait, out. Because if- <laughs> that's where
1: you were coming from, right? Yeah. Like, that was your motivation. <laughs> yeah. These things are fascinating. Just a mirror to the soul, you know, just really transparent. Yeah. I, You know, I respect that you're honest about it, though. You know, I think it would be mm. really easy to, to just lie and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just really <laughs> into helping people out. Just a great... <laughs> great
0: dude who loves helping people out that's it nothing else to see here move along (laughs) yeah i I think people can resonate to most i mean like i mean like who who isn't that isn't one guy who wasn't heartbroken i guess that's my statistics Mm -hmm. i would say that isn't one guy in any way yeah in friends or family in any way he must have got betrayed and everything so you know, want to start everything and out but yeah that's my you know where two different places where it kind of started but yeah. Yeah, I feel really weird whenever I start talking well, it's, it's... it. was
1: self-care though. No, because yeah. like, you know, you you had a thing where your life changed in a significant way mm. and you were going like ending relationships grief no matter what. Yeah. It's always hard. And so really what that tells me was that you kind of sought refuge in something that you were really passionate about. Like mm. that intrinsic motivation took yeah. over. So you know, I, I don't think that that's an embarrassing start at all. I think that that's yeah. like that's a very pure way to start because I, I'd much rather someone start a podcast in about of like passion mm-hmm. than in about of boredom or because they want to make money, mm-hmm. right? Like nothing wrong with either of those. If that's how you got started, and you're still chugging. Good on you. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think that we're human beings. When we're yeah, yeah. when we're hurt, we make stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's one of the best parts about being a, a human. So. No. Yeah. Good on you for, <laughs> for, for delving into that.
0: Well, thanks so much, man. And uh, so guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's been a uh, really great and awesome conversation. And uh, so Stephen, thank you so much again. Really, really means a yeah, lot. My and pleasure. Yeah. All I love stuff. talking about this stuff.
1: I mean, I could <laughs> talk about podcasting all day. So really yeah. all you've done is take my like internal monologue and give me an outlet. Like this is yeah. not, oh, I've been doing this anyway. I just wouldn't have been on a podcast. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's been great so guys thanks for listening again and uh, if in case if you have any questions uh as i said you know you can definitely ask stephen on you know uh, twitter or any of the social, social medias which i will definitely put it below and if you can't understand me because i'm talking too fast is because i'm really excited right now at the end of the podcast i really do that as i as you always know and uh yeah i'll see you guys in the next and follow
1: follow this podcast wherever <laughs> you're listening to it if you enjoyed this and you just happened upon it <laughs> slam that follow button baby <laughs> keep Um, up with it check out the backlog what are you doing there's good content in here come on yeah
0: you heard him (laughs) definitely guys you can do that and uh, thanks so much and guys i'll see you in the next episode peace out y'all